All right, well, no time like the present, and I've got a dinner stuff to go to later, so just thought I'd knock one video after the other. Um, so this one is about why Catholicism, and what's our strategy. Um, and I'm, I'm doing this video really to explain it to the people that are, uh, you know, subscribing to the video and that want to sort of understand it, or that have got question about Catholicism and why I'm Catholic and all that stuff. First of all, you have to understand, you know, there's quite a lot of new people every day. So if you don't know what I'm about, watch video number one. All right. Video number one explains what the real Catholic Church is about. I will eventually, I've got a documentary I'm busy doing um, and I need to do some work on that. Probably this weekend, I'm going to try and get some of that knocked out as well. That will explain a lot. But if you want, you know, the Cliff's Notes, it's 10 minutes. Watch video number one that I did. They're all numbered. Just watch video number one about the Catholic Church. That explains what the real Catholic Church is. It explains what the Novus Orco Church, um, headed by the Arch uh, Pedophile Protector Bergoglio, and what all the other fake popes that came before him uh, are, is all about. Catholicism has got a billion people slumbering. There's, it's a slumbering giant. You know, we've got millions and millions and millions of cradle Catholics that are sort of churchins and they're confused and they're leaving the Novus Orco structure in droves, which is good, but they're kind of lost, they're kind of confused, they're kind of giving up on their faith because they don't know what happened. They don't understand that the church got taken over. But people like me and others, you, you guys, the immortals, starting to spread the word. It's starting to get bigger and bigger. And it's already big online. There's a bunch of people that are arguing against Bergoglio that some of them understand the Vatican II stuff, some of them don't. Some of them are, are, are lost. They're saying, oh, Bergoglio is an apostate. We should get back to Ratzinger. You know, Anne Barnhart is one of those. Anne Barnhart is in error. She's in error because she's a woman. She's a girl. She's emotional. She has a very feminine attitude of wanting to protect and, and, and trust and hold uh, our Lord. But she is in error. Our Lord doesn't need our protection. You know, Jesus Christ doesn't need me to save him. He saved me. Okay, that's how it works. So I don't need to attend the Novus Orco Mass, which is fake and invalid, to, to, to try and like not leave my Lord alone when all these apostates like eat his body and drink of his blood. No. Nah. It's an invalid Mass because it's done by an invalid cleric who's not validly ordained, who believes the heresies of Vatican II and therefore has vacated his spiritual office. End of. There's no argument against that. And the more people understand this, and yes, you have to read a little bit. Maybe you have to watch a couple of videos. Maybe you might even want to pick up the Book of Canon Law, of Pio Benedictine Canon Law of 1917. That's $80. You might want to pick up the Catechism of Trent and re recognize why, you know, the, the, the Reformation was a bunch of lies by a, a guy who wanted to bang nuns and another guy who wanted to kill, divorce his wives. You know, but anyway. So the details of the strategy, um, and these are sort of like the big picture thing, right? So first of all, why Catholicism? You know, well, even before that, like why Christianity, right? I mean, I used to be uh, atheist, then I was an agnostic for most of my life with like, you know, sort of slightly Japanese Shintoist Zen philosophies um, because of the martial arts I did all my life. And then I had a road to Damascus moment and realized there is a God and he is love. 
So I was briefly deist for a while because I didn't know which God and I started trying to really figure it out and I did. And it's the Christian God. And then it's like, well, which Christian? And clearly the Protestants have no leg to stand on. So that was quite easily dismissed. If you objectively reading the history of the church, you can't seriously consider anything to do with Protestantism. So it has to be, you know, Orthodox or Catholic or Copt. But the Copts were really sort of um, a slightly heretical band from the beginning. And the Orthodox, you know, when you look at the fruits of Orthodoxy versus the fruits of Catholicism, Catholicism kicked ass all over the world, didn't bother to take names sometimes. And Catholicism is the origin of Christianity. Just look at a map of how Christianity spread. Rome was always the first among equals because that was Peter's seat. Peter was and is considered by the Catholic Church to be the first pope. It's true that Peter used to be the bishop of another church, but then he went to Rome and that's where he lived, created his church and died, was martyred along with Paul. And for that reason, uh, the, the Church of Rome was always seen as first among equals. Um, so, again, look at the fruits. Catholicism converted the rest of the planet. Orthodoxy is insular and stagnates. And what, you know, although Russia is having a resurgence of uh, Christianity, which is all good, I'm all for it. I love the Russians. I've got a lot of Russian friends, quite a few Russian ex-girlfriends. You know, I, I love the Russian way of thinking. It's uh, it's it's smart. It's clever. Um, so there is a resurgence there, but essentially orthodoxy is mostly defensive. And in today's world, you've got to be offensive. You know, you've got to be offensive. You've got to take the fight to the enemy. Uh, remember that, you know, it's also in, is it Revelation? Or, um, or whatever, you know, when Jesus said, like, uh, to Peter, like, uh, you're the rock on which I shall build my church, and he will always be with us, and the gates of hell will not stand against it. Now, <clears throat> if the gates of hell do not stand against it, it means we're not defending, we're attacking, right? So here's the strategy. First of all, why Catholicism? Point number one because it bore the fruit. Now compare the fruits of Catholicism to any other denomination you want, right? Catholicism is broadly speaking, you know, this is, this is painted with a relatively broad brush, but an accurate brush. Just because it's a broad brush doesn't mean it's inaccurate, right? Generalizations can still be facts. If I say that all men below five foot six are untrustworthy, it's a generalization. But as Big Bear will tell you, also a fact. Uh, you know, I'm making a joke there, but clearly, you know, generalizations are still facts. Cliches become cliches for a reason, right? So, and that said, these are not huge generalizations. They are facts. But by and large, these are the fruits of Catholicism. It essentially invented science. It essentially invented the concept of liberty, liberty when applied to things like uh, slavery. You know, it was Catholics that essentially tried to do away with slavery. Um, it is responsible for the order and the most ordered civilization that humanity has ever uh, managed to create. It is responsible for a level of order, beauty. Look at the cathedrals that the Catholics created. Justice, 
they the value of women that went from chattel to um, protected and loved mothers and wives so a sense of true real human justice that values the individual values women values men values children values the family it created the you know the real enlightenment is what they call the dark ages there's never been such a time as the dark ages the dark ages is what they call the enlightenment because remember it's the upside down satan inverts things what they call the dark ages was the ages of true enlightenment you know that that's when the the sciences began that's when true astronomy began that's when mathematics bloomed and it had nothing to do with muslims nothing okay again read god's battalions don't take my word for it just read a bit of history figure out a bit of real history not the academic bullshit that you've been fed uh, more most importantly of all catholicism has the sacraments the sacrament of marriage it is it is almost impossible to explain how important the sacrament of marriage is because according to uh, catholic uh, truth and belief marriage means no contraception means you you get married to have children and to raise those children there is no such thing as divorce it's not recognized at all and therefore the whole concept of marriage is to create children and have a family and you stay together no matter what you know even if your wife becomes a schizophrenic whore or your husband becomes a violent drunk you know there are um there are uh, exceptions to where you, for safety or some you know some really harsh reason people can separate that doesn't mean they get to divorce so what society would this create well think about it if instead of getting married to the first guy who's got a big dick that makes you squirt the way you like you uh you know you actually have to think a little bit about what his character is like what kind of a father would he be what kind of a husband would he be is he reliable so instead of just spreading your legs like a cheap slut you know you actually maybe think a little bit about who let put their dick in you and what's going to happen from their putting their dick in you and similarly if you're a man instead of just being a dog that wants to see how many notches on his belt he can get and you know how many different women he can bang and again, you know, don't, don't think I'm pointing fingers at you. I've been that guy. I've, I've got a shitload of notches on my fucking belt, you know. And there was a time when I was like, fuck it, that's all. I'm, I'm just going to keep doing this because I enjoy it. You know, I like women. I like the way they do. I want to see what she looks like when she comes, you know. I want to see if she can squirt. And if she can't, I'll teach her, you know. I was that guy. So don't, I'm not sitting here pointing a finger. I'm just telling you what's what, what's real, okay. Now, if you have a society where instead of thinking that as a man you think if i put my dick in it i have to breed with it i have to make kid, kids with it yeah and i'm using intentionally the word it instead of her right because that's how dehumanized and that's how desensitized we get it's like oh it's just another pussy it's not even a human being right it's, it's just a place for you to come yeah but imagine that now if you have sex with somebody you have to have children with her. You have to marry her. You have to live with her for the rest of your life. She's going to share your bed, your possessions, your life, your children. That's the woman that you're going to be with. Well, guess what? You're not going to stick your dick in everything that moves or just everything that's pretty or everything that you think is sexy. You're going to think long and hard before you're going to put your dick in someone. If that's the rules, right? Similarly, if you're a woman, 
instead of just chasing after the next orgasm or the next big alpha guy that makes you feel like you're the one, you're gonna think a little bit about it. You're gonna look at who this guy is. You're gonna look at, does he say what he mean? Does he mean what he say? Does he do what he say? You know, he's, who is he? And in that society, when you do have sex, it's because you're trying to create children. There is no contraception. You do have children, you make babies. And there is no such thing as abortion. There is no such thing as divorce. That's it. That's the person you picked for your whole life. Once you have that, and there was a time when that was absolutely the way of life of Christendom, throughout Christendom. When you have that, guess what? You've got strong families. You've got family units. Once you've got strong family units, and you live next door to another person that also has a strong family unit, and you pray to the same God, you go to the same church, where the mass is the same, whether he's from Taiwan and he just moved here, or whether you go to the Congo, when you go to church, the mass is the same. It's in Latin. It's a proper holy mass. Guess what? Your kids are going to play with the, that guy's kids because you're going to have enough in common that even if you think he's a dick, that even if you think his kids are spoiled and yours are better behaved, chances are that you're not going to be so far apart that it's impossible for you to at least extend a greeting and say hello. You see him in church at the weekend, you, you know, that creates what? A safe society. In a truly Christian Catholic society, do you need locks on your doors? Not really. You know, maybe for the crazy guy or so your kids don't run into the street. But in a Catholic society, the one who steals, the one who cheats on his wife, he gets excommunicated, he's ostracized, he's immediately pointed out as the freak of the town. So what kind of society does that create? Guess what? It creates a very strong society with good ties and a very strong wall against anybody who's not of that society. That's why Italy had city-states for hundreds of years and they were successful. And I believe it's still the most successful model. You know, some people are monarchists and they, they believe that royalty is a better system than demonocracy. There is no such thing as democracy, it's demonocracy. And yes, I agree, you know, royalty is better than democracy by far. But I think an even better system is the doge. The doge is something like a republic uh, which has a kind of a king. So it's uh, it's a very interesting system. It's complicated. You know, you need to be a sort of a little bit intelligent and a little bit um, understand a few things, which not bad for the ruling class, you know, to perhaps be a little bit smarter and, and yet be totally dedicated to the people. The doges did not have a single penny. They could not make money from being doge. It was one of the rules. You know, so it's a very interesting um, way that the way that Venice was done. And it is my dream to one day make the Serenissima independent again. But that's sort of besides the point. So once you have Catholicism, it bore the fruits of science, science uh, liberty, order, justice, beauty, and family through the sacrament of marriage. It also, Catholicism had the most effective of all the Christian religion, it had the most effective military capacity, both in the offense and in the defense. 
The orthodox seem to be relatively okay at uh, defense, not so great at offense, and you know that is important, and it's going to be important in the in the in the in the future as well because war is coming. We've had too much of a long period without war, so the quicker and the sooner you can create a good, strong Catholic society, the better. Also, Catholics' rules are easy to understand. You know, you, you need to buy a couple of books and that's it. You've got all the rules of the Catholic Church in two or three books, you know, and the Missal. So you've got a Missal, you've got a Bible, you've got the Canon Law of 1917, you've got maybe the Council of Trent and maybe a couple of books on Catholic Catholicism written before 1958. If you read Italian, I suggest Carlo Dragone as the, as the author of, of uh, good, awesome Catholic uh, Catechism. There you go. And then it's just Get more guys on your side. Get more of us, right? That's it. Just And the numbers are coming. The numbers are coming. I'm telling you, I see it every month. There's more people coming to the church, you know? And also, the, the you know, I said the sacraments. It's based on the sacraments because there is the sacrament of marriage which creates the family. Keep in mind, remember, Catholics are still, even the satanic Novus Orco hasn't got the power yet to say that divorce is okay. They're trying, they're pushing hard on it. They're giving lots of annulments without any kind of uh, process. And you know, the annulment of, of, of Catholic marriage can only happen under very specific circumstances, very, very rare, that it's actually uh, officially able to be annulled. But, um, and you know, once you're married, that's it, that's for life. You know, I'm, I've twice divorced, but I wasn't Catholic when I was twice divorced, you know, the, I didn't believe in anything, I was like agnostic or whatever. And when I decided to become Catholic, I asked, you know, I said, but, you know, I've been twice divorced, does that mean I can't ever get married again or what? So they asked me about it, you know, the priest asked me about it, I said, no, but you weren't Catholic. Well, now the thing is, the interesting thing about the Catholic Church is if you're not Catholic, but the people you married are also not Catholic, in other words, you're a pagan, and then you want to convert to Catholicism, and you've been the... <coughs> They, the Catholic Church recognizes two pagans being married together as a valid union. It's not a Catholic union, but they recognize that as a marriage. As it happens, I was married and divorced to women that were baptized as Catholics. So in theory, they were supposed to be Catholics. They didn't practice it. I certainly wasn't baptized. So in that particular instance, I was allowed to marry if you know I wanted to because my marriages were not considered valid by the church. And so I got baptized, I got confirmed, and I got married. Um, and that's it, this is the last one. And by the way, funnily enough, it's also the only one that I, I ever wore a ring. I never really wore a ring for the other ones. I tried, but the ring was irritating me. But this is solid gold, doesn't irritate me at all. And that's, uh, you know, it, it just lives with me now, I don't even, realize it's on my finger it used to bother me you know i suppose if i punch somebody really hard it might just dent me a little bit but um you know i haven't had occasion to do that recently so uh, and i'm uh, not really training regularly anymore because well i'm 50 i've got a lot of stuff to do and uh, i don't really have a lot of people around here that uh, that would train the way that i like to train which is not for everybody anyway so why catholicism quick recap it bore the fruits of science, liberty, order, justice, beauty. It's got the sacrament of marriage. It's got military effectiveness, both in defense and offense. 
and it's got the sacrament of the Holy Mass being equal throughout the world, which is very important because that is what creates a civilization. Furthermore, it's got the sacrament of confession. Again, confession, I used to think, was the most absurd idea on the planet. It's not, because if you've got a real Catholic priest, so in other words, not a satanic pedophile, but an actual priest that is a priest of the Catholic Church who is doing his true clerical duty, and you know that every week or month or whenever you go to Holy Mass, you're going to have to confess your sins. Well, guess what? The next time that you're thinking, ah, I'm just not going to pay for that. Oh, shit. Uh, if I steal that, then I've got to mention it. Or the next time that you think, well, you know, whatever, I could, uh, I mean, I, it doesn't even go to that extent because, you know, I was going to say something like, oh, if you want to cheat on your wife. But if, if, you're, if your mind is in that space, you're already pretty fucking far gone. But, um, you know, if you have such a thought or whatever, again, you have to confess it. And, what, and again, you know, you have to confess it. Well, nobody's forcing you could lie about it. Yeah, but if you lie about it, then what's the point, right? That's the whole point. That's why the sacrament of confession, the seal of confession, priests have died rather than break the seal of confession. Real Catholic priests, not one or two, many, have been martyred rather than break the seal of confession because it's an absolute that if a sinner comes to you and admits, it doesn't matter what sick thing he admits, he can admit to being a child molester, which is the worst thing I can think of, right? A child killer. The priest cannot break the seal of confession. Now, I think those of you that have been watching my videos from the beginning have got a bit of a sense of what kind of guy I am. Let's pretend for a moment that I'm that priest, right? <clears throat> I would not break the seal of confession. I don't know that that parishioner would leave the church alive, but I wouldn't break the seal of confession because if I was a priest, I would stick to the truth of what I'm supposed to do. That is my job. That is my duty. It's not my job. It's not a career. It's, it's a spiritual duty to not break the seal of confession. So, you know, if a child killer comes to me and tells me, oh, I murder children and I kind of enjoy it and I don't know how to stop, I might just ask him to come to the baptismal font and uh, where I'll try and bless his soul. And he will be held under to that baptismal font for a very long time. And I will definitely pray over his soul. You know, but that's me. The thing is, the seal of confession is a sacrament for a reason. And it has a purifying um, effect on you. If you have to confess your sins every week. Most of you haven't got a clue what this is like. Right? I didn't. You know, I'm not, again... Guys, don't take shit personally, right? I'm not having a go at you. You'll know when I'm having a go at you personally because I'll tell you, you're a stupid bastard and you shouldn't come on my channel. Just fuck off. And I'll probably leave a comment to that effect if you say something dumb. But uh, not dumb. You know, if you say something gamma side. If you gamma side, you gamma side. It's on you. It's not really even on me. But the thing is, <clears throat> you know, you, you need to Try and imagine it. Try and imagine what it's like to go to church and confess your sins. And actually, oh, keep in mind, when you first get baptized, all your sins are resolved. And you don't actually have to, you know, you can do a general confession if you like, but it's not expected that you list every sin, especially if you're like me and you got baptized at the age of 48, was it? Yeah, 40, 48, 49, yeah, 48. You know, if you get baptized at the age of 48, and you've lived like I've lived, and you had to like identify every sin. I mean, fuck, I don't, I don't have another 48 years, you know what I mean? 
to, to do it. It's just so it's kind of like a generic absolution. And then from there, you know, whatever sins you do, you should confess. It's a, it has a very powerful effect on you, you know. Now, now, all of these fruits that I mentioned, the sacrament of marriage, which creates a family, which creates a, a good neighborhood, which creates a good city, which creates a good city state, the, the beauty of the artwork of not just paintings, not just cathedrals, but music, you know, all, all of the, like Box mentioned in you know, one of his latest videos, <laughs> he also mentioned that, uh, you know, Vox and I had one night in Paris, it was a lovely night in Paris, I believe he called it. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, yeah, we did. We did meet up in Paris. He was wrong about the book he signed for me, though. Um, he signed that for me at his house, I think. I think when I visited him at his place, he gave me a, a couple. Of, when I met him in Paris, I gave him a gift, being that you know, um, Vox is is um, is a mestizo. You know, he's basically a a savage red man. You know, uh, so. I gave him one of his ancestral tools, a tomahawk, and he didn't open it until later. And when when he did, he told me, "I didn't realize you gave me a weapon." You know, I thought it was just like oh, some kind of ritual tomahawk. This is like a real thing. The kids loved it. <laughs> and I expect that if, unfortunately, Vox is spatially retarded because you know he's got a fox problem. However, Space Bunny, I can totally see Space Bunny throwing that axe at foxes. I can, yeah. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Anyway, the thing is, Christianity, Catholicism, had these fruits of art, beauty, justice, order, safety, the value of women and the family, better, more effectively than anybody else, than any other denomination of Christianity or anyone else for that matter. And it bore these fruits uh, better, more plentifully, faster, and more lastingly than any other denomination of Christianity, bar none. So, can you start to see there's a reason why Catholicism is the way to go? Why I say Catholicism will get the fuck out? So, and now I'm going to just read a little comment I wrote for myself. Because, so to all the Spurgatron 9000s, that right now are going, and I'm going to steal this from Big Bear, you know, they're going, but, 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 but Kurgan, you know, instead of, but, but, Big Bear, but, but, but Kurgan, what about the atrocities of, or, or of this, or what about the frauds of that, or the error of this Pope, or that encyclical of 142, and subparagraph B of section 7, part C of the encyclical of 1912, you know, and my answer to all that is shut the fuck up. Wake up, wake up, show me your results. You're sitting there going, but the Catholic Church was so corrupt. What, what about, what, you know, what about when, when they, they did um, uh, indulgences? You know, what about the, all, all the priests that stole the money? And Shut the fuck up, you spurg. What are your results? What did your church do? Yeah? Did you civilize the Aztecs? Did you? The fact we civilized them at the point of the sword and fire, well, we were just using a language they understood, considering they killed 20,000 people a day by cutting their hearts out to, you know, as sacrifices to the sun god. We killed a few million of them, whatever, you know. It was just breaking eggs, making omelets. We civilized the fucking thing. 
and I've got somebody at the door, so um, I'm going to cut this short. But there are millions of disillusioned Catholics that will become militant. So that's why, that's the strategy. And remember the basics. No divorce, family is all, truth, honesty, and a vigorous response to your enemies. And stage one, spread the word. That's where we're at. Okay? Well, just hold on. Let me answer the door and I'll come back. And that's typical because we had a postman that rang the doorbell when he could just put it through the letterbox. Anyway, so that's why the step one has to be the re-education of nominal Catholics. Okay, um, there are huge. Um, th there is a a huge number of disillusioned nominal Catholics that don't know, that don't understand, that know the history of the infiltration of the Catholic Church. But we've got solid, hardcore evidence of this. Uh, one of the commenters, I think it was, um, I always forget the lady's name, Laura B. Dannon. I think it was Laura B. Dannon, one of the comments that mentioned uh, Bella Dodd. Bella Dodd is a lady that wrote about the intentional infiltration of the Church, the intentional spreading of feminism and Marxist philosophies to destroy the family. This was intentional. They were paid to do this. You know, there's the Freemasons attacked and tried to destroy the Catholic Church in every way possible. And again, it's what, you know, one of the things that Vox mentioned recently, you know, there's a there's a synergy. I mean, I don't I haven't talked to Vox what we're going to talk about. I haven't I only watched this video because somebody told me that uh, Vox said that um, Vox said that he and the Kurgan had a wonderful night in Paris. So I just wanted to see that bit because I can't keep up with all the videos of Owen Vox and whatever, you know. But uh, so I watch here and there when I can. But um, the, what he mentioned on the video as well was the fact that the Freemasons and so on destroyed, intentionally destroyed classical music, art, you know, all the all the good things. And why? Because they're related to God. A lot of the classical musicians dedicated their uh, their work to God. One of them, I can't remember if it was Schubert or I can't remember which one, signed his uh, when he was finished with his compositions. If they were acceptable to him, he signed them with um, SGD, Solideo Gloria, Oh, SDG. Sorry, yeah, Solideo Gloria, only glory, glory only to God. You know, so. Um, and you know even if you belong to a church that says well my church this this and that and the other it doesn't matter the catholic church had results that were orders of magnitude not one or two orders of magnitude that's that means a multiplier by 10 or more 10 or more at least one order of magnitude if not two which means a hundred times if not three a thousand times orders of magnitude larger than the effects of any other church of Christianity or any other denomination. Okay, so nah, I'm not interested in your little sect or in your Orthodox church or whatever. You know, if you're culturally Orthodox like the Russians, fine, carry on, be Orthodox. All right, or the Greeks, maybe the Greeks will rise up again. 
but so far it doesn't seem very likely. And you know, there, there, there's Catholics, we've got a fighting spirit that's in there regardless. Salvini, Matteo Salvini. Salvini, I'm almost certain, doesn't know about Vatican II. But Salvini says, I'm a Catholic. Fuck you, and I don't like Bergoglio, by the way. You know, pretty much. So, instinctively, we know what's true and what's a lie. And we reject the lie. And then if you dig into it a little bit deeper, you find out, oh, yeah, you should reject the lie because it's a lie. You know, we live in the world. We know how to live in the world. Wise as serpents, remember. Yes, as innocent as doves, but also as wise as serpents. And... Um, so these people, these millions of disillusioned Catholics or potential Catholics or church and Catholics, they're going to need priests. They're going to need priests and they're going to need bishops. So you need to support the real priests, the real bishops. Canon188.com, you know, write to them. They've got an email there. They've got a form. Tell them how you're willing to support, what you can support, where you live. You know, let's get organized. Go to your little friends. Get a little community. Get five people that think like you. Talk to your friends. You know, remember that one of the things we're supposed to do is evangelize. So talk to your friends. Are you afraid to discuss with your friends about the Catholic Church? Are you scared to discuss with them about Vatican II? Why? Are you scared of saying the name Jesus Christ? You know, I understand that. I used to be embarrassed at the thought of having to say, you know, Jesus Christ is my Lord. I used to think, oh, well, that's kind of a bit of a crazy thing. Then I became Christian and it's like, no, I'm not embarrassed at all about it. So I get it. You know, you don't know it's new. It's the zeitgeist all around you is, is fake. Uh, I get it. But, you know, these people will need priests. Uh, so if you can only get together with, with other Catholics online, then start there. Start to read proper Catholic blogs. If you're not properly baptized, get baptized. You know, get baptized by a real priest. Pick a real Catholic priest. Look. Anybody can baptize you, by the way, as long as they say the right words and they've got the right intention, an atheist can baptize you, you know, your mate can baptize you. It is better if it's done by a proper priest. And, you know, the Sodalitium Pianum guys, they baptize people, you know, the, there's, they've got priests that baptize people. So get a few of you together. So you, you say, oh, but I want to get baptized, but I can't afford to fly a priest over from Europe or whatever. So. Get, get 10 people together, get 100 people together that all want to get baptized. Put some money together. You know, once you've done all that, not before, don't tell me to do your work, right? I'm one guy. You be one guy. You be one guy. You be one guy. And you be one guy. You be one girl. Get together. Do stuff. Do stuff. We're Catholics. We don't just sit on our ass. Organize yourself. Get enough people together. Get enough money together. Then you can contact the priest or contact me or contact somebody who's in touch with the priests, whatever, and say, hey, will you come over here and baptize 25 of us, you know? And we're all going to contribute, you know, 50 bucks a month or whatever. If, if there's a hundred of you and you all contribute 50 bucks a month, which is a lot of money for some people, okay? I get it. But if there's a hundred of you and you all contribute 50 bucks a month, that's $5,000 for pounds or whatever you are a month. You know, with that kind of money, you can start to hire a church. You can start to build a church. You can buy a church eventually. But that's certainly enough money to get a priest to come there at least once a month, at least once every two or three months. It's enough money that if you put it in one bank account and you make sure that the guy who's looking after it is not going to run off with it, okay, because he's one of you and because maybe he's the guy who lives in a wheelchair or something, so he can't run that fast, you know, then he's got a better use, right? 
you can be the treasurer you know where he's at all the time <laughs> but you know what i'm saying right get together organize there's going to be failures there's going to be the guy who does steal the money from the bank that's going to happen be prepared right you are a soldier if you're a catholic you are part of the church militant and your special ops behind enemy lines you think it's going to be easy what kind of fucking movie do you want to be in anyway think of your life as a movie what kind of movie do you want to be in what some fucking three buck comedy that nobody remembers no you want to be in an epic fucking film and you want to be the guy who's behind enemy lines who makes shit happen okay that's your job so remember i've given you a big picture like summary uh the basics is marriage marriage is number one be catholic married be get married don't just get married to get married right pick the right person you're gonna have to spend the rest of your life with them don't just think it's all gonna be roses and, and, and no pain right and don't think that just because your wife says oh i'll be catholic just to be married because girls like rings they like this shiny shit they might say yes just because they think it's a cool idea you know and don't think my own marriage was you know were great it's awesome but we didn't get there necessarily all easily and smoothly as uh as, as my wife would no doubt tell you <laughs> you know and if you're the man remember you have to lead you know it doesn't matter if your wife's not catholic yet I, i've got people writing to me uh, not one or two you know a few people have written to me saying look i'm i'm catholic i want to be catholic i want to get baptized or i am baptized or or whatever but my wife isn't or my husband isn't and i don't know how to tell them and i don't want to screw up my life i don't want to screw up my marriage if you're the man i'm like dude don't worry about it you, you don't have to like you know walk in tomorrow and say to your protestant wife who you've been married to for 10 years and you've got three kids with by the way we're going to become catholic today that's not leading that's just being a dick all right you be catholic you be catholic you start to read catholic books you pick up my book believe and read it maybe leave it lying around and you know my book has got slight pg-rated content probably but you know it's uh, it's written that way on purpose because i want to wake you up so it might not be for everybody read it first but you know you don't have to leave my book lying around maybe you can leave something else or maybe you can discuss it and say you know i've been reading a brilliant book is called the four witnesses that was a protestant who wanted to study the origin of the church and ended up becoming a catholic read that book leave that lying around and say you know i wanted to find out about the origin of the church so i'm reading this book because it's got the original you know patristic fathers from the first couple of hundred years and here's the letters and you talk but you know the amazing thing is that the guy who wrote this was a full hardcore protestant uh and and now he's catholic and how did that happen what do you think about it here why don't you read a bit and you tell me your thoughts you know lead first of all the way to lead is not to deceive or you know i'm not telling you this to like run you know circles around. no you be catholic first if you're catholic your wife will follow if you're the man and you're going to be proper catholic be catholic your wife will follow women will follow a man that's a man I don't care about all your feminist bullshit theories. It just works all the time. Doesn't matter who it is. Unless, you know, she's completely neurotypical, you know, schizophrenic or whatever, complete narcissist. You know, there are people that always fall out at Belker. But I've, I've been with women that were like, you know, strong believers in feminism that, 
you know, a couple of times after we've been to bed, they'll happily mend my socks. So it's not, uh, you know, and again, this is not a misogyny thing. I'm not, you know, saying anything about women. It's like women are wired a certain way, men are wired a certain way. So be the man, lead, and that's okay. If you're the woman and you're becoming Catholic, or you want to be Catholic and your husband isn't, read the Bible, Ephesians. Ephesians explains how a woman can essentially Catholicize a man with femininity, with nurturing, with love. Uh, a man wants nothing more than to be loved, respected, and cared about by his wife. And if she gently approaches the subject in a very gentle manner, not nagging, but as in a help me to help you kind of thing, you know, but you can leave out the help you kind of thing. Just say, look, can you help me with this? How I, you know, and a man will get interested. He's like, oh, my wife wants my help, you know, and sure enough, he's going to start looking into it. So, you know, and there's going to be some hard situations. Not everybody gets to be all happy, married, lovey-dovey. Look, I've got some hard situations. Everybody's got hard situations, you know, so. I was talking to a guy last night. I went out to dinner with some people. Interesting character. And, you know, we're just just randomly shooting the shit. I don't know the guy. I've never spoken to him before. But, uh, you know, he had a few drinks in him. And he was like, I've always wanted kids. But, you know, my health and this. So I've never had kids. And he's like 56. I'm like, dude, I've just had a kid a couple of months ago. And I'm 50. You know, you're a man. You can have kids until you drop dead. Like, yeah, but I've got a responsibility. And I said, and? So what? Have the responsibility then. Deal, deal with it. You know, fucking do it. And he was like, well, but you know, my problems with health. And then I told him a little bit about my life situation, story, whatever. And he looked at me like, oh my fucking God. And you deal with that all the time? And I'm like, dude, it's not even, you know, I'm, I'm here, man. I'm happy. I'm married. Got to make more kids probably. So just fucking live, man. You know, don't, don't be a pussy. And... And it inspired him, you know. Here's a guy thinking that he had it bad because of his health and because, uh, you know, he's, he's got some, some issues which are, you know, they're sure. But he's just too much in his own head thinking, oh, I need the perfect thing and I'm too old. And I... My uncle, one of my uncles, had a kid with a woman he didn't really want to be with. You know, fucking, when he was in his 60s, 65 or something, 67, I don't even know. You know, he just popped out another kid. He's like, ah, bah, whatever. <laughs> You know, look, I'm not saying that's the ideal, right? I'm not saying that you have to be like that. But what I'm saying is, do, do. You know, like Yoda, Jedi, do or do not. It's not try, okay? So get shit done. And remember, if you don't know where we are, we're at stage one, which is spread the word, catheticize yourself first and others and form communities. That's stage one. Stage two, find real priests and support them. Get them to you. Have, have enough support for the priests that we have that they can create more. Have enough supports for the bishops that we have that they can create more priests. Okay. At the end of December, uh, the end of December, on the 20th of December, 2020 to the 22nd, 3rd, something like that, we're going to have in London a little get-together I'm, I'm trying, I'm hoping that we're going to have enough people sign up for it, that we're going to have an open day for people who are either not part of our Catholic community or want to be Catholic. Maybe they're not even baptized, but they want to come in and listen and maybe throw a few questions if there's time. And then we're going to have another day where it's just for our 
church community to get together and ask even deeper questions if we want to, whatever. And then, of course, we have the Mass for uh, for Christmas. So that's the three stages. So we're still in stage one, spread the word. And also another thing that you should always do, first, yes, catechize yourself. But point number three, get used to always vigorously respond to our enemies. Be smart about it, right? Don't go lose your job because you speak uh, too much or whatever. You know, don't don't put your family in a bad situation because you need to speak up. Don't do that. But always respond to our enemies. You know, I, when I'm in mixed company and I don't really know what anything, and the, the, the first thing comes up, I mean, like one of the people that was sitting next to me uh, last night when we went for dinner, um, we had this waiter who was a complete flamer come and ask for my order for my drink. And you know, you know how they do, and it's like, oh, and this is your drink, and now, and, and he was just trying to like invade my space with his bullshit. Just put, fucking serve my drink and get the fuck out of here, you know? That's pretty much how I am, regardless of whether you're gay or not. But this guy was like, and then we're going to do this, and I, and I just quietly waited for him to fuck off and eventually got the message he left and you know there was a lady sitting next to me and she, she looked at my face and she was like you know kind of laughing she kind of got the vibe and I and I said don't, don't you just hate it when they're so busy being flaming homosexuals that they fuck up your order and she burst out laughing right now I don't know anything about this person she might be all for you know homosexuality and transgenderism or whatever I don't know anything about them but because what I said was true, was didn't have malice in it. It was just like, what the fuck, you know, just do your job. I don't, I don't care about your sexuality. I don't want to know. Stop fucking putting it in my face. Go away, you know. <laughs> and um, and then from there it progressed to not too much later. I was like, well, you know, if we burnt everybody at the stake, the ones that are not bad ones will go to heaven anyway, you know. <laughs> and again, everybody was laughing, you know plant the seed that's not a direct you know it's not like because i had a gay guy serving me a drink i'm like i can't eat in this establishment anymore because of the homosexuals no i'm not gonna do that you know but the seed is planted and if i were sitting you know i've i've got a, a, a friend of mine he's a, he's a really good guy and he's completely homosexual and i've had talks where i sit down with him and we talk about christianity the church and so on you know and he just lives in another country, so I haven't seen him in a while. But um, I don't, I don't hide what I am or what I think. You know, again, your situation might be different from mine, right? So you might have to be a bit more circumspect. That's up to you. But um, stage one: spread the word, catechize yourself. Stage zero: catechize yourself. Stage one: catechize others, spread the word, and always respond to our enemies. Don't. Take it lying down. That's not what we do. All right. I hope that's better explained the strategy that I've got and that you guys will have if you, you know, follow my lead type of thing. And remember that if you're going to be one of the immortals, it is blind obedience. The immortals. Oh, there's a guy who made a comment about the immortals. But weren't the immortals the, um, the troops of um, the Persians were called the immortals? And yes, they were. But uh, the, the 300 were also called the immortals, but for different reasons. Historically, the, the Persians were originally called the immortals. The 300 became called the immortals by historians later. 
So the original immortals of the Persians, I think were, I can't remember if it was 10,000 with 1,000 of them being elite. I think that was the unit. And they always had this super elite guard. And whenever one of, the reason they were called immortals is because if one of them died, they were immediately replaced by another one that would become an immortal. So they were immortal because them as individuals didn't count. But the unit was always 10,000 and 1,000. That's why they were called the immortals, right? You're just a number in a cog and you're replaceable. The 300 are called the immortals because we will never forget them throughout the history of mankind. The fact that 300 men stopped 100,000, a million, depending on whatever, for enough days to get the rest of the Greek army and Sparta to like wake up and, and stop the invasion. And it cost the Persians so many men with just these 300 guys and a few of their allies that they realized, fucking hell, if it took this many of us and this long to just kill off 300 Spartans, what the fuck is the rest of it going to be? And they kind of gave up. And because of that, you know, the West, Western civilization did not become Persian. It remained Greek and so on and so forth. So they are immortal because they did something that will be remembered forever. That's a very different kind of immortal. It's the difference between satanic immortal, where you're just a cog in a wheel, you know, communism and Catholic immortality, the saints. You, know, you do enough for God, to the glory of God, who will remember you. All right, that's it. I hope that's explained it. I've got a lot of stuff to do, so there's probably not going to be another video today, but maybe tomorrow. And I've got to do some work on the, um, on the documentary of the Catholic Church. So if I go quiet for a few days or whatever, I'm just doing other work, all right? Have a good weekend and a great Sunday.